I haven't, I still haven't yet had a chance to hear of what Tyler uh, brought on uh, last Wednesday. So I'm just, I don't, and I'll be honest with you, I don't remember what I said last time. But I do know, I do know that, uh, that we've been on it. Amen. That we have been on it. So uh, we've been talking about supernatural increase, uh, uh, especially when it comes to finance. And so uh, say this with me. Say supernatural increase, supernatural increase. is headed my way. I will say what I have, and I'll have what I say. Now, you know, it never fails. There's always people that have a little bit of trouble with that. But Jesus said something one time to his disciples. He said this, if you will say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and not doubt in your heart, but believe those things which you say will come to pass, you'll have whatever you say. Now, in that verse of Scripture, the word believe is mentioned in that verse of Scripture. But it's not what is emphasized. Right. Believe is not what is emphasized. Now, listen, we put on there, and believing is important. Say this with me. Say, believing is important. Believing is important. But in those particular verses, believing wasn't the emphasis. Doubt was mentioned in those verses. But you know what? Doubt wasn't the emphasis. Believe said, was said one time. Doubt was said one time. But do you know what was emphasized in that verse? Saying. Jesus said, if you'll say unto this mountain, be thou moved, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart, but believe those things that you say will come to pass, you'll have whatever you say. And so the emphasis in the verse was on say. Amen. Why do you think it's hard for you to say stuff? You know what? It's, ne it's never hard for y'all to say stuff. Ever. Never. In fact, some of y'all have a hard time not saying stuff until you walk through the doors where there's a big welcome, says Winter's Church on the... You know what I'm saying? That's, what, that's, when, that's when everybody starts having a hard time saying, oh, why do I got to say it? I didn't go, I've been working all day. Yeah, but you go home and you yak your head off. You got all kinds of stuff to say. Did you do your homework? Who left this here? Where's my dinner? <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to say what we have because you will have what you say. The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue and you will eat the fruit of whatever comes out of your mouth. In fact, the condition of your life is a reflection of your previous confession. Where you're at today is a reflection of what you said yesterday. Or in the days leading up to today. Amen. If all you talk about is darkness, then many of you, all you see is darkness. Some of you need to quit talking about how dark it is. Go ahead, man. Some of you like, I feel. So your life is governed by how you feel. Guess what? Quit giving place to how you feel. Especially if it don't line up with scripture. Now, when you feel like, I mean, if, if you got joy unspeakable and full of glory, then you can fill your mouth with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, yeah. But if it's gloom, despair, and agony on me, don't sing the song. Amen. Do you know the There's nowhere in the Bible that says that we're, because I know some, some people say, yeah, but you know, that's what's going on in my life. There's nowhere in the Bible that tells us that we are supposed to think on that we're supposed to dwell or meditate on the negative. In fact, 
Scripture teaches us the opposite. Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are honest, whatever things are true, whatever things are of a good report, if there be, you know, I mean, it goes on, says these things. If there's any virtue, if there's any praise, we're to think on those things. Oh, yeah. Amen. You know, people that are trying to get you to think on negative stuff, uh, you got to wonder what their motive is. They're probably trying to sell you something. And if it's negative, I ain't buying. Glory to God. All right. So we'll say what we have. We'll have what we say. Say this. Say doors of opportunity, doors of opportunity. Are, opening are opening for me, for me. Today. today. Supernatural increase, Supernatural increase. is headed my way. Now lift up your hands and shout about it for a second. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Amen. Now you say, you say Pastor Zig, why are, you, why, why are you doing that? Well, I'm trying to get you to train your body and train your mind to do what your spirit says and not do what it wants. Amen. Too many times we let ourselves do what we want to do instead of doing things that will uh, cause us to turn uh, our lives to turn in a direction that is more pleasing to the Lord. Now, some of you say, well, I, will, uh, I, I don't really feel like shouting. You know, that's why the Bible says, <laughs> I will bless the Lord at all times. I will. Say, I will. I will. Do you know what that means? I will will myself. See, back in the day, back, back in uh, classical Pentecostal people, back in the day, classical Pentecostal people, none of them would shout unless they felt it. None, none of them would pray in tongues unless they, unless they you know, felt a, a tremor or they, you know, they felt a fire or a, you know, a burning in their, in their bosom or, or something, of that, uh, something of that nature. It, they, it, it, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're gonna feel something, but there's there's a lot of there's a lot of people in classical Pentecostal people that they thought that the only time that they ought to praise God or they ought to pray in tongues or that they ought to uh, a shout or they ought to dance is when they were moved by some emotion or something something of that nature. But when you read the Bible, the Bible tells us over in the in, uh, scriptures in the Book of Psalms, "I will bless the Lord." at all times. I will bless the Lord. In other words, I will myself. I will. It, it's my will. I will will myself to do what this says. And so then you don't have to, you don't have to feel a nudge or a, you know, a hikamo shy or a shandalai. You just, you will yourself. So, uh, uh, that's that's how we've got to do when it comes even to supernatural increase. We've got, we've got to quit allowing ourselves to be, to navigate our life by how we feel emotionally, how we're, uh, 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 how we're, uh, uh, what our, our will or what our desire is in the natural. We've got to align our desires with God's desires. Amen. And so uh, we're going to will ourselves to shout. So every now and again, you need to do that exercise. You need to make a confession uh, like we did, supernatural increase. And then 
Take a few minutes. Make yourself, make your body put its hands up in the air. Make your mouth open up and praise God and shout about it. Because you know what? Typically, most of us, we're not, you know, we don't, we don't do that. The most of us, and you say, how do you know, Pastor? Because I see y'all every Sunday. So it's, it's, it's not the natural way we go. It's not the natural way we go. If we had our brothers, we'd rather shut up and be quiet. Uh, but we don't need to do that. We need to get aggressive in our pursuit of things God has for us. So, um, so we've been able to establish a few things. What are the things we've been able to establish? Number one, it's God's will for you to prosper. It's God's will for you to be blessed. So we've been talking about how do you qualify for God's blessing in the area of finance? Well, number one, we learned it's not just tithing and offering giving. Because if tithing and offering giving was enough to cause God's uh, blessing financially to manifest in our lives, most of you would be uh, billionaires. You wouldn't even be millionaires. If, if you was getting 30, 60, and 100 fold, most of you in this building would be billionaires. Because you know what? We don't have, uh, we don't have very many people that are in this building right here. And I, I couldn't tell you unless I went back and looked uh, more recently but most of the people that are at Winner's Church, I would venture to say between 95 and 99% of the people of Winner's Church are tithers and offering givers. Oh, yeah. And so uh, when I, some people, they question, I'll go to some churches, people will question my motive as to why I preach on this. Y'all don't need to question my motive. I am not preaching to the 5 or 2% or 1%. I'm not, there's no reason for me to preach to the, the minuscule amount of people that aren't tithers and offering givers in this church. If you hadn't been, if you're not a tither and offering giver yet, I'm sure not going to persuade you by continuing to preach about it. You know, the Lord's going to have to do something to move you in that direction if you're going to do it, because my preaching hadn't helped you out yet. So, uh, but tithing and offering giving, uh, the reason why I'm teaching and preaching on it uh, is because number one, it's a part of qualifying for God's blessing in the area of finance. But you need to understand something. It's not the only thing that is required. And what discourages many people from getting in uh, and, and uh, believing God for supernatural increase and trusting the Lord uh, for a blessing in the area of finance is that they try it and they try it in a way they have, they have number one, they have unrealistic expectations. They think, they think it's a get rich quick thing. And this ain't get rich quick. Listen, you've got to determine that you're going to live a lifestyle that will facilitate God's blessing in the area of finance. And you know what that lifestyle is? You're not going to live by what you see. You're not, you're not going to live by what you think is manifested, what you think the Lord has done for you. If you go to live in that way, you're going to miss out. Because sometimes God's going to send you something that ain't going to be enough. You'll be like, Lord, I thought you was the God. Then you go to talking stupid. I mean, you, you walk down the road and you fly, you know, you need $500. You walk down the road and a $50 bill goes blind, blowing by. You're like, ooh, $50, but Lord, it ain't enough. Instead of, instead of rejoicing, saying, praise God, this $50 more than what I had. You know, I don't even leave change in the parking lot. You understand what I'm saying? People that throw money. Listen, I pick up a penny. I'm like, glory to God. Hallelujah. Supernatural. See, it's all, it's all about perspective. It's all about attitude. It's all about how you see things. And so we've got to change our perspective. We've got to change our idea. We've got to quit. 
We've got to quit that mindset that says we're going to rejoice when all of our debts are paid, when all of our bills are paid off, when we're driving around in a Cadillac or Mercedes Benz or we're living in a mansion and uh, things of that nature. That's not when you rejoice. You, re you rejoice in the moment that God puts something in your hands that you didn't have at one time. Whether it, whether, it whether it supplies the need. Because you know what? Sometimes God's going to send you, God's going to send you stuff that doesn't, that doesn't meet the need. You say, well, why would God do that? Well, sometimes God sends you what don't meet the need because it's not your harvest. It's your seed. Some of you have been eating your seed. Some of you have been eating your seed. Glory to God. But anyhow, I don't, it's, it's not the only, sowing and giving money is not the only thing. I had someone, some, and I'm, I'm going to be kind. I'm, I really am. I'm going to be kind. This person isn't on my friends list. But uh, I just happened to see that I had a message request. Of course, I denied the request <clears throat> to interact with this individual because this individual, now, I'm not saying this individual is an idiot. But they're not very smart. And here's why. Because they sent me a message that said, uh, I, I was in your meetings when I was a teenager. And now that I've grown up, I realize that, um, you know, I realize that you was taking money from people that didn't have it. And uh, buying your Rolls Royce and this and that. I thought, man, when did I buy a Rolls Royce? That would have been... <laughs> I didn't know I didn't roll I didn't know Rolls Royce was spelled F O R D. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere. But you know what? See, that's the you know some some people they live in their own imagination. You know what? Someone that has that kind of an imagination. Imagine if they'd use that for God. But instead, they use that to to look at me and to say. That, and here's the other thing. How do you get money from people that don't have it? I'd like to learn that trick. Because you know what? When people don't have money, usually they don't spend money. Boy, that's right. And they certainly don't give it away because you don't have it to give away. Now, again, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know how I pulled that off. I must be some sort of... But they're, they're like, well, I can't be mad at you. You, uh, you got game. You got game. I was like, you're an idiot. I almost sent a message back and said, I bet you're miserable. You got to be. Now, listen, I'm not being ugly. You gotta, I'm saying idiot because that, it, bre it breaks my heart that there'll be somebody that can sit through messages that were preached and a move of the Spirit. And what, that's what they come away with. That's where they're at in life. But you know what? That's where the enemy will try to take you. When you only try to hear something from one perspective. Or when you get one idea. You know, giving of, of your finances, giving your tithe, giving your offering is only one facet of walking in the fullness of God's blessing. And I would venture to say that um, if, if it, I don't think it's the most important thing. I think there are things that are of greater relevance or greater importance that God asks for from us in order for us to walk in the fullness of his blessing. You know, and, and here's why I say that. And I'll, I'll tell you this and then we'll get, we'll get to this. 
when I was on my way back home from revival with my son, I may have mentioned this on Sunday, we were in the airplane, and my son had asked a fellow to come and to help us uh, with the music there at uh, revival last week. And this fellow lives in another part of the state of Ohio, lives about three hours away. And so he's like, okay, he came here with his father and played uh, during this uh, past revival in January. So he says, Cade, can you come uh, and, uh, and play? And he says, Dad, what can, we, what can we do for Cade? I was like, well, here's the, here's the thing, son. Uh, I don't know. I've, you know, this is, this is, this is your deal. You're, this is what you're hearing. You're, you're trying to follow the Holy Spirit and trying to find out. I, I need, you know, you need to find out what it is that, you know, what is the Lord saying? What is the Lord saying to you? And then whatever the Lord says, you know, what is it that we got to do in order to facilitate what the Lord says? So supernatural increase don't start with an offering. Supernatural increase don't start with a tithe. Supernatural increase starts with a word from God. Did you hear what I just said? Supernatural increase starts with a word from God. Glory to God. See, we think, we think money is our seed. But you know, the Bible don't teach us money is our seed. How many times have we been told? Now, again, I've, I've told people that. Get out your seed. Get out your seed. But see, I have an understanding in my mind and in my heart. When I'm telling you to get out your seed, what I, here, here's really what I'm saying. I want you to get what you have, and I want you to, I want you to take a hold of the word of God that you know was spoken over what you're about to do. Because if you're going, if you're going to sow a seed, what, when the Bible talks about seed, oh, I'm going to have to take a left turn and do something I wasn't expecting. Glory to God. Amen. Um, and I'm so prepared. I am so prepared for this. You know, that's, that's the good stuff, though, the stuff that you, he messes. You know, he's Jehovah Sneaky. Amen. All right. Um, glory to God. Uh, open up your Bibles to... Uh, okay, uh, Galatians 6. Galatians chapter 6. We'll, 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 uh, we'll go over a couple of scriptures here. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 10. Um, so, what we're talking about is qualifying. Say qualifying. qualifying. We're qualifying for supernatural. We're qualifying for God's blessing. Well, if you're going to qualify, you have to understand that if you're tithing and offering giving and, you, and, you're, uh, and you're just doing that and you're doing it without a word from the Lord, you're in trouble. So let me, before I read this, let me tell you, finish telling you about my son. So my son, I said, what, you got to find out, you got to find out what the Lord's saying. Because if you get out there and you do something without getting the word from God, you might be getting out there on your own. You know what? I like to go buy a car when the Lord tells me to buy a car. You know why? Because if I get out there when he starts dealing with me about it, then I'm not out there on my own. 
You know, there have been times that God put me out there concerning a car when it didn't look like it was favorable. When it didn't look like the atmosphere or the environment of my life was conducive to car ownership. But because I had tuned my ear to hear the word of the Lord, and, and, uh, and now he, again, I, I want to I be real clear with y'all. God does not always talk to us about when to buy a car. Sometimes you'll go to the Lord and say, Lord, should I buy a car? And so, you know what he might come back and say? I don't care. You know, sometimes God don't really care what you, you know, there's some stuff he don't really care about what you, he'll be with you no matter what you do. There's some things he's just going to let you do, and he's going to be with you no matter what decision. you. Yeah, I've, I've had the Lord tell me that. I'm like, Lord, should I go here? He'd be like, if you want to. I'm like, but Lord, I want to do your will. He's like, boy, if you go, I'll go with you. If you don't go, I'll stay at home with you. But I'm going to let you do what you want to do in, this, in these circumstances. Then there are other times I'm like, Lord, uh, I'm going to go to this meeting. And he's like, don't go. There have been times I went to buy a car, and he said, not today. And then there have been times I wasn't even thinking about a car. And he said, you're going to get you a car today. And I'm like, I am? Did you tell Annie? <laughs> you better tell Mama. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Ted, uh-huh. I know, yes. Because the Lord told Ted, he told Debbie too, whether he told her or not. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, she's gone. That's why I said it. Don't tell her I said that. Oh, no, there she is. She in the back. Oh, I busted. I busted. <laughs> yeah, Debbie's like, mm-hmm, you ain't getting no hanky today. <clears throat> Anyhow, so, so you got, I told my boy, I said, what is the Lord saying to you? He said, I feel like that we need to have Kate out here. I was like, all right. So uh, what are we going to do then? He said, um, I think we got to get him out here. So you know what, Dad? I'm willing to, I'm willing to pay, his, pay for a hotel room for him. He said, what he started asking me questions. What does the hotel room cost, Dad? I said, 100, 100, between $100 and $150 a night. He's like, oof. He said, okay, okay. He said, um, what do you think gas will cost him to come out there? I said, well, you know, it depends. You know, you, you can ask him that. He said, you think we can take care of his food? I said, if he comes, I'll buy his food. He said, uh, how much you think I ought to, if he comes, how much you think I ought to give him for coming? He said, you think, you think $200 is enough? I said, I'll tell you what, why don't you ask him to come and tell him, I'm not guaranteeing you anything, but, uh, but, but I do want to be a blessing to you. And if you can come, come. And so he told, he told me, he said, I can't guarantee. But you know what? He had already determined in his heart he was going to give him at least $200. Now, you know what? Here's, here's the thing. Gabe was, you know what Gabe wasn't thinking? Supernatural increase is headed my way. I'll say what I have. Now, now listen, I'm not saying you, you shouldn't do that. You know, there's a place for that confession, and there's a place. But what he was trying to do was obey the Do you know all he was trying to do was do what God wanted him to do? To make things happen in the way that, now, you know what? Maybe he didn't, maybe he didn't follow everything precisely. Maybe he didn't get it all right. But you know what? That's the beginning 
of qualifying for supernatural increase. It's being determined to do what the Lord, not, listen, not determined to do what you think. Listen, God don't want your tips. When you do what you want to do, you're tipping God. You're not tithing. I went to a church this pastor had people worked at, they worked at the Ford Motor Company on the assembly line. Most of them made between fifty dollars and $80,000 a year on the Ford Motor assembly line. Do you know that pastor, when, um, I, I, he had heard me talk about supernatural increase, and uh, after a service one day, he said, he said uh, does that really work? I said, what are you, I said, are you kidding me? I said, let me, I said, uh, I said, you got all these Ford people in here. I said, uh, um, you guys, you guys are probably doing all right. So it might be difficult for you to believe for supernatural provision when you have people that are, you know, working regular, tithing regularly, have fairly decent jobs, you know, tithing regularly. And he said, oh no, he said, I'm the largest tither in my church. I said, so you're the largest tither. I said, so you make more than all them people that work at Ford? He said, oh, no. He said, I make less than $30,000 a year pastoring this church. I said, you make less than $30,000 and you're the largest tither? I said, bro, they're not tithing. Tithe is 10th. He said, well, they write it in their memo. I said, it don't matter what they write in their memo. You can't. You can, listen, you can put yourself in a pan, stick yourself in the oven, and call yourself muffins. That don't make you muffins. You can write a check and put tithe in the memo. That don't make it a tithe. God is not looking for your tip. Are y'all hearing me today? But you, even, even if you pay the full tenth, sometimes what we're doing is we're tipping God because we're not doing it based on his word. We're doing it out of, do you know there's a difference between submission and compliance? And most of us, we will comply with. You know, compliance is, well, I guess I will. I don't really want to. We could really use this. I hope nothing bad happens. Isaiah 119 says this, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Oh, yeah. Willingness and obedience don't live on the same street as poor and broke. In fact, willingness and obedience live in an entirely different neighborhood than busted and disgusted. Amen. It's true. When you're willing and, say willing and obedient. So being willing, what is being willing? Oh Lord, you know I want to tithe. God, you know I would tithe if I had it. Lord, you know I'd give an offering if I... Lord, you know what you know our situation. <laughs> I know. I can feel it. I know. Just, just, just pretend like I'm not talking to you. <laughs> Anybody been through that, that wrestling match? Every one of us. Every one of us. Well, Lord, you know my heart. Yes, he does. Amen. He knows your heart. He knows you want to. He knows you're willing. But if you're willing and not obedient, you're not going to eat the good of the land. So some of us are willing, but we won't be obedient. We like, Lord, if you'll, God, if, God, if, uh, what's that, what's that, uh, what's that lotto up to, Ted? Uh, 
in the big ends it was. I don't know what it is now. No. Somebody won. Oh, dirty rats. One point seven seven billion. You know, you know what? I've I've heard people say this. Man, if I win that lotto, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give so much to the listen. You won't give half the five bucks you got in your pocket. You ain't gonna give. You ain't gonna. Listen, I'm going to tell you right, you're, you're not motivated by the word of God. You're motivated. The minute you win 1.7 billion, you're going to be like, I can't pay tithe on one. Do you know how much a tithe is on 1.7 billion? I can't do that. And then if you tipping now, you're going to tip forever. Because you got to, number one, if you're, going, if you're going to put God first, you're going to qualify for supernatural increase. If you're going to be fully persuaded, God wants to bless you. You've it's about the word. And so, see, Gabe, even though Gabe was uh, aligning himself, and he didn't realize it for supernatural increase, the way he aligned himself was by trying to tune his ear to hear what the Lord was saying. Oh, yeah. Amen. So some of us, we've, we've heard what the word of God says. We've heard the logos, but we don't have a rhema. We've got a logos. We've got the written word, but we don't have a rhema word. We've got a word in a book, but we don't have a word in our spirits. And so you know what we do? We get on our face before God till we get a revelation about tithe. Until it's not just a until it's, it's not just words written on a page, but it's something that's written on the tablet of our hearts. Oh, yeah. Glory to God. That when that when we hear it, when we when we uh, when we hear it, when we hear what God is asking, like Gabe, man, listen, and it wasn't easy. You know that Gabe, Gabe, Gabe. <laughs> Doesn't make a whole lot of money. And so 100, 100 to, to $150 a day for a room is a lot for him. In fact, for him, it's, you know, to, to pay for a room would have been two weeks worth of pay for him. For him. But you know what? He's like, I'm going to do it. That's what I've, I swear, and, he, and I've, I'm like, Gabe. You don't need to be doing that. He said, Dad, that's what I feel. Now, see, I'm a father, so I have to be a father. And I told him, Gabe, you don't have to do this. You need to think about this. He's like, Dad, that's what I feel in my heart. That's what I feel in my heart I'm supposed to do. Cade needs to be there. He needs to be there. And he, he has a heart for God. I'm like, all right. See, some of us were there before we had a mortgage. That's, see, that's what some of you are thinking. He ain't got no mortgage. He don't have kids. He don't have him a wife yet. He has no obligations. He's fresh out of high school, and, and he's living off dad's money. Oh, no, I'm working him. I'm working him. But maybe, maybe, that, maybe that is why it's a little bit easier for him to do. Because he don't really see that money as his own. If I was to ask you to take your wallet out of your pockets and give it to somebody else. Now, don't do it. But if I was to ask you to do that. And then you had someone else's wallet in your hand and I said, now, I want you to take your best gift out of that person's wallet that was given to you. Take the, best, take the best offering you can out of that wallet and give it. It wouldn't be hard for any of y'all to take that out. Now you'd be concerned about what someone was taking out of your wallet. 
But boy, you dig in there, you'd be like, all right, let's see what they got up in here. You wouldn't be, listen, you wouldn't be pulling out no pennies, no dollars, no dimes, no nickels. You'd be getting out the best seed, right? Because it wasn't, it wasn't coming out of, see, maybe, maybe that is what is helping Gabe, is that he doesn't yet see it as his, boy, I'm preaching right now. I'm preaching better than some of y'all are saying. But, but see, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the thing. Is that when you're, when you're obedient to the word of God, when you're doing things in the way that the Lord intends for you to do, you'll see um, that everything is his and nothing is ours. Whatever we have, Lord, it's at your disposal. God, you know what I have need of, but that's not, that's not, what, that's not what determines what you're asking from me what I have and what I don't have. Lord, you're asking from me according to your riches in glory. According to what you can do. Amen. Thank God. Is anybody getting this? I've said some stuff already. So, so what did Gabe do? Well, Gabe took it. He, I received that name of Jesus. So Gabe took, and he, uh, he had Cade come, and um, being that uh, there's some things that the Lord has instructed me to do. Now listen, y'all, uh, you're, you're, uh, you're not going to get this unless you really, uh, unless you really, it, it takes something. Um, it takes a measure of engagement. You got to catch the spirit of what I'm talking about. And I'll show you here and say, you got to catch the spirit of what I'm talking about. Just hearing me talk is not going to cut it. You've got to tap into a spiritual flow. You've got to tap into the anointing. There's an anointing that will lead you out of poverty. And into wealth that will lead you out of debt. And into abundance. Glory to God. God will, there's an anointing that will lead you to a place of supernatural provision. Where you will never lack any, listen, I know some people are like, well, that's, un, that's unrealistic. No, to, to go to the place where there is no lack there are people that there are some people that have lived there all their lives. They don't hang out with us. They hang out with other people that don't lack. Because <laughs> they don't want to be told it can't be done. Glory to God. All right. Amen. Amen. Say this with me. Say there's nothing lacking. There's nothing missing. Everything I need or desire is in him. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And so all my boy, listen, I didn't, he didn't even know he was getting in supernatural increase until it was all done. He had sown all that he was going to sow. Now, uh, there's some things the Lord won't let me get by with. So when Cade came, I didn't, let, I, didn't, I didn't let Gabe. Now, 
I didn't tell him I wasn't going to let him. I just start paying for stuff because that's what's in my heart. And so he, he didn't argue with me too much either. <laughs> but maybe I need to back off because, you know, I have a tendency to, but, you know, be a Budinsky sometimes when it comes to that. And, uh, and he needs a harvest. He needs a harvest. Oh, yeah. But he was willing and he was uh, obedient. So uh, the money he didn't spend, he was able to sow in decayed for coming and playing. So he said, Dad, I sowed, and he told me what he sowed in decayed. And I was like, uh, he said, I, g I gave Cade this X amount of money. And he's like, he's like I, I think that was good. I think he'll, he'll want to come back again. And, and I think I did what was right. And I was like, Amen. That's, see, that's, that's getting in the flow of supernatural. Not, not just thinking about uh, not being uh, feeling obligated or uh, doing, doing it out of compliance, but being submitted to the Lord and submitted to the word of not compliant. Remember willingness and obedience? Obeying. Now, some of you obey and you're not willing. Here we go again. Right? I received that in the name of Jesus. Oh, I, I guess. Here. Like my dad, every time he come give an offering. You ever know my, my dad come and take him extra long to get up the aisle? I was like, Pop, you had, knees, you had both your knees replaced. No excuse to be walking like that. But he... He be walking slow, and then he—you ever seen him? He'd be like, "Oh, turn around, act like he's gonna walk back, and then go drop his off again." That—that's someone who's obedient but not willing. <laughs> he's obedient, but he's not willing. Some of us we obey, but in our hearts we're not willing. But what'll change? That's a word from God. A word from God. What word are you hearing from God? That, that, that logos has to become a rhema. Tithing and offering, that logos has to become a rhema. Y'all know the difference between logos and rhema. Logos is written. Rhema is a living word. Rhema is a, an alive word. A word that was addressed specifically to you. A word that you heard. Amen. A word that God gave to you. One that you become fully persuaded of. You know, when God gives you a word, it, doesn't, it, it comes with joy. There's joy attached to that word. There's peace attached to it. When God says, my God, listen, God, God can send you, God, uh, God can send you to a place where someone is dead. And tell you, you know, like he told Jesus, uh, Jesus and his disciples were hanging out and they had sent word to Jesus to come and to minister to Lazarus because Lazarus was his friend and he was sick and uh, he was dying and when they showed up they said Jesus come and and uh, pray for your friend uh, we've been sent to ask you to come please come pray for your friend he's sick and he's dying you know what Jesus does Jesus hangs out there and waits another four days You know, I preach a message. I, had, I don't think I preached it at Winter's Church. I, don't, I think the first time I preached it was in Revival. I don't, I didn't, I don't think I preached it. Uh, the, the title of the message is this. What, what, what about when he doesn't show up? What about when he doesn't show up? Now, see somebody like, well, God always shows up. No, listen, Jesus let Lazarus die. 
And for no good reason. It wasn't like Jesus had an important meeting. It wasn't like he was busy doing something else that the Father had assigned him to do. No, he was sitting and hanging out with his disciples waiting for Lazarus to die. What about when he let stuff die? Come on, Jesus. He let his friend die. And then after he was dead, he's like, all right, fellas, let's go. Lazarus is asleep. Them old boys, they were like me when I looked at that picture of Jesus. They were, uh, they were clueless. <laughs> they said, well, Lord, if he's sleeping, let's not go bother him. He's probably doing pretty good if he's asleep. He's like, you idiots, he's dead. Right. <laughs> now, Jesus had been kicked out of that area. In fact, they tried to throw him off a cliff. They tried to kill him. And Jesus is saying, let's go, let's go, let's go and let's go and see Lazarus. Them old boys were like, well, you know, I reckon we can go die with him. That was their attitude. That was their attitude. They were going to go die with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Are y'all hearing any of this here today? Come on, Josiah. Praise God. Boy, Josiah, shout out. I received that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Josiah, you're going to run today. <laughs> Jasmine's like, don't let him run, Pastor. Don't let him run. <laughs> if you let him run, we ain't never going to stop him. <laughs> See, when you, when, you get a, when you get a rhema, It'll, ca it'll cause you to face death. See, Jesus had a word from God. He was going to, he was going to Lazarus' grave. And he knew why he was going. He had, he had told them already, this sickness is not under death, but under the glory of God. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus had a word. Jesus had a Listen, why do you think them old boys in the Bible that did great stuff like Abraham, and I know I'm, I know I'm preaching a little bit of country or street or something, but like Abraham, why do you think, why do you think Abraham was so willing to take his son, pack him up as a sacrifice? Listen, Abraham got his son, he got the wood, he got the instruments, he got everything ready to sacrifice his son. Looked like he was eager to do it. You know, you know why, you know why Abraham was eager? Because he had had a word from God. You know what his word from God was? Abraham, my promise and my blessing is, my covenant is with you and with all of your descendants. And it's an eternal covenant. He had a word from God. It was a living rhema word. You know, when, when, when God told Abraham, I want your son, you know what Abraham must have thought? Man, I have an eternal covenant with God and my son has an eternal covenant with God. God is up to something and it's not going to be my son dead. Because God has an eternal covenant with him and he's going to fulfill his promise through me and through that boy. That's why when he marched up that mountain and he took that boy up that mountain with all that stuff, he looked at them fellas that came with him and he said, we'll be back. We'll be back. Y'all hang out here. We'll be right back. He didn't say I'll be back. He said, we will be back. 
See, that's why you got to have a word from Because when you have a word from God, I'm going to tell you right now, y'all, y'all been harassed by the devil. You've been harassed by your flesh. You've been harassed by your family. You've been harassed by your friends. You've been harassed by other church people. Are y'all hearing me today? Y'all, y'all, go to talking, uh, y'all go to talking about supernatural increase, things of that nature. And you got everybody and their grandmother want to come out and tell you their idea and their opinion and call some of you everything but a Christian. But when you have a word from God, it doesn't matter what anybody says. Amen. It's like that woman that got, a, that, got that word from the prophet. That, that woman that, that built a little, a little place for the prophet to sleep. She made room for the Lord in her life. And one day, because she had made room for God, God came and spoke to her through the prophet and said, You have done for me. Now what can I do for You have done for me. Now, what can I do for you? Go ahead now. I shouldn't even be preaching right now. I'm supposed to be teaching. Glory to God. See, right now the spirit is starting to move. And some of you need to let the Holy Ghost... Stir something in the innermost part of your being. Some of you need broke out by the Spirit. (laughs) That woman got word from God. What can I do for you? What What would you have the Lord to do for you? She didn't even say a word. But you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. The Bible says if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. And out of that prophet's mouth came the desire of that woman's heart. He said, does she have a kid? Tell her uh, nine months from now. She going to hold in her hands the blessing of the Lord in the form of a child. Man, when the servant of that prophet spoke that word over that woman, what it glory to God, Ted. I'm about to whack you with this microphone. Glory to God. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Woo! <laughs> glory. Glory. Uh, man, this is, that woman in that story, now don't anybody get crazy. Don't get mad at me. It almost seemed like that woman was a black woman. Because when that servant said, you're going to have a baby, she's like, shut your mouth. (laughs) Come on now. Shut your mouth. Don't be telling me that if it ain't. I do not want to be led on. I didn't ask for no kid, so don't you be talking about no kid unless there's coming a kid. Sure enough, she got pregnant, had a kid. Glory to God. Glory to God. And it came from the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord was, you need a word from, listen, right now you need a word, a rhema word from God. And the only way you're going to get a rhema word from God, listen, you ain't going to get a rhema word from God in your lazy boy eating Cheetos, watching Netflix. That's not how you get a word from God. That is not how you get it. Watching by, uh, Watching documentaries about Hillsong. (laughs) 
Well, glory to God. Mighty God. That's not how that's not how you Amen. See, we're not talking about the natural. We're talking about the supernatural. We're not talking, we're not talking about uh glory. We're not talking about something that happens in the reasoning of your soul. We're talking about something that arises out of your spirit in the Holy Ghost. And if you, listen, if you never allow the spirit of God to bubble up in you, you say, what do you mean by that, pastor? You know, there are some times that I get over there and I start getting in this. You know, you know what happens to me when I start getting, it's like a, here's how I feel sometimes. I feel like a, you ever, you ever looked at a bottle of soda water or soda pop and you pour that soda pop in there, and there's always these bubbles that are all over the sides of the glass at the bottom. And every once in a while, those bubbles will turn loose and pop up out of the bottom of that glass and come to the top. That's what it feels like when the Spirit of God begins to, it's like there's something in there. Listen, all of y'all, all of y'all know there's something in there. You know there's something in there. You sense it. You've sensed it many times. But you need to stay in that place where not only are you aware that something's in there working, but you become aware when that turns loose and comes to the surface and explodes in your life. So that woman had a word from God. Her kid died. Y'all remember the story? He was in the field. My head fell over dead. She told her husband. She said, I'm going to see the man of God. He's like, wait a minute. This this ain't the time you normally go. Are you okay? What'd she say? It is well. You know, she, you know what she didn't say? I'm going to get my money back. That prophet was a prophet liar and not a prophesier. I told him not to fool around with me. I told him not to do. No, that wasn't where she remembered the word of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Cherie. See, I said that about Debbie. She like, you ain't getting nothing from me today, bro. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. When she got to the prophet, she goes, he says, what's that woman doing here? Find out, find out what's going on with her. Find out if it's well with her. When, 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 when the servant of the prophet got there, he said, what's, what's going on? Is it well with you? She said, what'd she say? It is well. And then she went into a dialogue that seemed like it wasn't well. No, it was well. She came to get it fixed. This isn't the way God said it would be. This isn't the way God said it would be. This was not the promise. This was not the word of the Lord. Some of y'all, you know what? When, when some of y'all came to that point, something died, and you just went to try, try to find you another prophet. 
I'm going to find me another prophet, one that's, one that's more, uh, one that I can trust more than that one that gave me a kid that died. Boy, I'm preaching, Ted. Oh, yeah. This is a revival service right here. <clears throat> Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, we know how that turned out. Uh, he ended up living. And I won't go through the whole process, but it was a process. It was a process. There was another word. The prophet told, told his servant, go lay my staff on him. Do not greet anyone. Do not talk to anyone. Do not do anything. Go straight and lay my stick on him. And when you do, he will live. So his servant goes and lays his stick on him. Nothing happens. Now, some people say, why was that? Well, evidently, he talked to somebody. Right. I'm sorry, Ted. I'm spitting on you. Let me get that off. Ev evidently, he didn't, do, he didn't do the word. Go ahead. So then the prophet had to go, and you know, he sprawled out face to face, nose to nose, mouth to mouth, hand to hand, and the Lord brought that kid back to life. Oh, yeah. Amen. So you have the, when you have the word of the Lord, and you're fully persuaded of it, and you're hanging on to it, see, that's the seed. That's the seed. So let, go, go to Galatians chapter 6. I know some of you haven't found your way there yet. Galatians chapter 6. Uh, verse, starting with verse 7. Now listen, if this is if this making you feel bad like condemned, that would be your flesh. So get out of the flesh. Because you ain't going to win this in the flesh. Your flesh is going to keep sending you back to go directly to jail. That's what that if 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 if, if, if the flesh, if your flesh was like monopoly, it would be like go directly to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. <laughs> so we can't, we can't do that. So look what it says. Verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Now, say eternal life. Eternal life. Say it again. Eternal. Say it again. Everlasting life. Everlasting eternal life. Now, we had to talk about this. Eternal life isn't just living forever. Because if you're a sinner, you're going to live forever. You're not going to live forever where you want to. Everyone, saint or sinner, lives forever. Some will spend an eternity in hell, and some will spend an eternity in heaven. But everyone will live forever. So when the Bible talks about eternal life, it's not talking about quantity of life. It's talking about quality of life. Eternal life has a different quality than regular life. 
It's the kind of life that was talked about in John 10, 10, where Jesus said, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. Glory to God. See, eternal life is the God kind of life. Glory to God. When you sow to the Spirit, what you will reap is a different quality of life than everybody else has. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Man, I'm... Uh, amen. I, I may just be blessing myself here. <laughs> amen. Verse 9. And let us not grow weary. Let us not grow weary. Let us not grow weary. Let us not grow. You know, if the Bible tells you don't grow weary, then it must mean that there's a chance that you're going to grow weary. Amen. If you're getting a warning about growing weary, then you know what you can probably count on? There's going to come a point in time when you're going to grow weary, when you're going to want to give up, when you're going to want to lay it down, when you're going to want to say enough is enough. But the Bible says, don't do it. Don't grow. Turn to someone, look at him in the face, say, don't grow weary. Don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you don't give up. Will there be opportunities to give up? Every day. Every day they'll be up. Listen, the devil will give you opportunities. The flesh will give you opportunities. The church will give you opportunities. Sometimes your pastor will give you opportunities. Y'all, listen, I, when, I, when I recognize my mistakes, I try to fess up. And I try to use everything as a learning. Some people get mad when I, when they, if they talk to me. That's, that's why some people say, hey, don't talk to pastor about your stuff because it will make it into a message. He won't mention your name, but he will tell your business. The, the thing is, is while I'm telling your business, just don't act like I'm telling your business. You'll be okay. Because I never mention nobody's name. I never mention them. But, but you know what? I like to take things that people go through and use them as an example so that we can all learn from it. And, and when I use myself as, as an example, I tell you as much. For example... on y'all you know you know how many people I've I've, I've I've caught you know licking their wounds why'd you tell that story I tell off on myself too if it was now if I was just telling stories on y'all then you, you know what I'm saying we need to learn we need to learn y'all act like nobody knows you, you you mess up listen everybody knows that they're just kind So, for example, Michael, when he was believing God for an aircraft, 
Now, I've got, we've got a video on Facebook where Michael and Twyla, the first time they rode in uh, the Sirius SR-22 that I owned, um, the Lord gave us that airplane. And we went to hear Mike Murdoch in Tulsa. And <laughs> that was Twyla's idea, if you can't, haven't figured that out. But uh, Twyla admires Mike Murdoch, his ministry. And she wanted, she wanted me to go and to hear Mike Murdoch. So we jumped in the Cirrus. We, f- we flew in the Cirrus to Tulsa. Now, in the video, there's Michael is in the airplane, and he's, he's got his phone, and he's cheesing it big time, and he puts the camera on myself and on Twyla, and everybody is happy. When he got in that airplane... A vision that God gave me. Do you know when God gives you a word, it'll set ablaze a word in somebody else. Oh yeah. It'll set a fire for a word in somebody. Boy, I preach. I preached the word God was talking to me about on Sunday to y'all. You know how many phone calls I got? Y'all was like, Pastor, Pastor, Pastor. Man, Eric sent me a text. He's like, Pastor, I was going to throw my shoe, but I didn't want to hit Monte. Shree sent me a text. You weren't the only one, Shree. People were sending me texts. They was like, ha! Because you get a word from God, and it'll, it'll ignite a fire in somebody else. Yeah. Anybody get a fire ignited in them, Sonny? That, that word was, it was fire. Well, that word God gave me about an airplane set a vision on fire in Michael. After that, he's like, I'm going to get me one of these airplanes. I said, oh, you going to get an airplane like, like this one? He said, no, I'm getting an SR-22. Cirrus SR-22. I said, you know, they got an SR-20. It's less expensive. He said, SR-22. <laughs> he was like, I feel like the Lord said, I'm going to have me an SR-22. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I'm well-meaning. I love y'all. I was well-meaning with Michael. I tell him, well, you know, maintenance on those things rather high. I said, so acquisition cost, that's really the minimum. Once you own the thing, that's where it starts costing you money. You're going to spend more in ownership than you are going to spend acquiring it. I said, you got to think about insurance. He said, what do you think insurance will be? Well, three, four thousand dollars a year, five thousand dollars a year, depending on I mean, depends who insures you and whether or not you uh you know have how many hours you have, whether you got an instrument rating or not. I said, and then there's parachute repack. When you gotta repack that parachute, that's twenty grand. MCU goes out, that's five grand. Annual inspections can run anywhere between Five and 25, 30. I think you had a $50,000 annual one time. $50,000 annual inspection. You know what I didn't realize I was doing? I was planting the seeds that potentially would knock him off course. Thank God. Thank God Michael didn't listen to none of that. Every time I, I said a number, he was like, doable. Amen. That's right. 
doable. Well, I put an, I'm, I, when I had to put an engine in it, I said 65K for an engine. That's what it cost to put an engine, new engine in that airplane. $65,000. That was the bill. 65K. You know what Michael said? Doable. God said it. I believe it. Finally, he came, told me another, one more time. He said, I know the Lord wants me to have Sirius SR-22. I went to tell him something, and the, it's like the Lord reached up and grabbed my mouth. Finally, thank God. <laughs> the Lord said, shut up. Go ahead, I was like, well, Lord, I'm just trying to give him wisdom. I'm trying. He's like, boy, that ain't wisdom. You speak in words that are, that are anti-faith. He said, that's not your intention, but that's what they will produce. They will produce the opposite of what I'm trying to work in Michael. You know, when the Lord told I walked away from him. I didn't say nothing. I walked away from him. Before we left church that day, because that was at church. Before we left church that day, I caught Michael. I said, Michael, I apologize. You know, I've been telling you, and I said, my heart has been right. My, my heart is right. My mouth has been wrong. You know, your heart can be right and your mouth be wrong. Yeah. Did y'all just hear what I said? Yeah. Your heart can be right and your mouth can be wrong. Yeah. Go ahead, man. You say, how can your heart be right and your mouth be wrong? Well, if your heart is right and you don't speak what God says. And Michael was telling me what God was saying to him. You know, you know what the Lord told me? You know what the Lord told me? He said, He said, You're speaking, you're speaking the wrong word. He said, What did I tell you? I said, Lord, you said you was gonna give me an airplane. He said, When when you found out you had to pay a hanger, what did you say? Well, Lord, you told me you was gonna give me the airplane, so I figured you'd give me the hanger too. I mean, it's a package deal in my mind. He's like, that's right. He said, what did you think about me? He said, you know you'd need an engine. What did you say? Well, I said, when I need an engine, I'll get an engine because you gave me the plane. It's your plane, and you can put an engine in it. What did you say about gas? Well, Lord, uh, you gave me the plane. It's your plane, so you got to pay for the gas, and you got enough money for gas. So, And I was like, oh, oh, oh. You told Michael you was going to give him an airplane, and because you told him, you're going to take care of his bills like you took care of my bills. You're going to pay for the expense just like you paid for the expense in mine. I was like, aha, you're not going to just do that for me. I went and found Michael. I said, Michael, I apologize. I said, God's going to give you an SR-22. And God's going to give you all the fuel you need. He's going to give you the hangar you need. Anything that goes out on it, God's going to give you the money to fix it. He's going to, every annual inspection, you're going to be able to pay for it. Not only are you going to be able to pay for it, but you might even be able to pay for somebody else's in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. I said, I said well, I'm going to say it with you. SR22 coming to you in the name of Jesus. Not only did God give him an SR-22, God gave him my SR-22. <laughs> Lord told me to sell that SR-22. I sold it to Michael's father. When Michael's father was done with it, I knew his dad wouldn't have it for long. It was just kind of getting him into aviation. But I knew as soon as he flew around in an airplane privately for a while, he'd be like, let's get something bigger and faster. And he did. And when he did, Michael said, what you going to do with that little plane? He's like, I'm going to sell it. And Michael's like, 
sold. And Michael bought my old SR-22 from his dad, flew it around. How many years did you fly that around, Michael? About three years. Huh? He owned it for three, flew it for six. You know what he said almost right after he got that SR-22? You know what he said? I'm going to get me a King Air. Glory. You know what? I didn't even bother. I said, King Air cometh in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. King Air comes to you in the name. Now, see, some people are like, well, that's just materialistic. That's because you can't afford McDonald's. Just because you can't afford McDonald's, don't be hating on them. But listen, you cannot receive anything you despise. Did you hear what I just said? You cannot receive anything you despise. You've got to learn how to rejoice with those that are rejoicing, those that are receiving the harvest. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I like that message you sent to Annie about, uh, who was it? Was it Olivia or was it Naya? Uh, Olivia, <laughs> Olivia told somebody, Brianna her, Brianna, her sister, her older sister, she said, she said, when I get older, the Lord is going to bless me with a big truck and a Tesla. <laughs> where do you, you think she got that at? Where do you think she got that at? What was it? How'd that conversation go? What'd she say? Uh, she asked Brianna whether she should get a big truck or a Tesla. Brianna was like, well, you can't afford anything when you get old. She's like, well, if God says it, I'm allowed it. I'm allowed it. Give it to the pastor. Amen. Amen. Listen. If God gave it to pastor, why can't he give it to me? Now, see, that's what. Glory to God. Are y'all hearing me today? I don't know about y'all, but I want a whole church full of people that are like, if God will do it for you, then I know he'll do it for me. Amen. If, amen. Now, see, that's, that's one thing you can count on God doing for all, and that is supplying everything that you have need of according to his riches in glory. Amen. Thank God. All right. Amen. Is this getting in anybody's spirit today? Hallelujah. In due season, you will reap if you don't give up. Verse 10. So then, oh man, we're, we got to hurt. My God. Time flies when you're having fun. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Amen. Listen, church, we can't be doing what we want to do. We got to do what God commands us to do you know what it it doesn't make sense to the world it really doesn't and this can sound very self-serving when you hear it coming from a preacher but y'all know me y'all have seen me up in here listen I ain't about I ain't about the life that some people are about some people think airplane I'm flying around in a single engine piston airplane you know there are preachers that they'll fly around in a jet and the only reason they flying around in a jet because they trying to keep up with the Joneses they trying to keep up with some other preacher. Listen, I ain't about trying to keep up with some other preacher. I'm, I'm about trying to do what God told me to do. Amen. Amen. 
Hey, you know what? The minute the Lord tells me something different when it comes to an airplane, that's what we're going to do. We're going to get something different. Amen. And I'll be honest with you. I sense in my spirit something's shifting. I've been feeling it for a while. I've been feeling it for a while. We need a bigger airplane. We need one to hold at least 11 people. We got two options. Well, we got more than two options, but two options in my idea. My, I'll tell you, if, if I had my rathers, here's what I'd rather have. I'd rather get a twin that goes marginally, just, mar, just a little bit faster than what I'm in, but can seat seven. It's a twin. Burns less fuel than a jet. It burns as much fuel as I'm burning right now in a single, and it's, and it's, a, and it's a twin. Holds seven people and flies just as fast. 1.5 million. Because there's a shortage, if I want to get one quick, 1.8 million. What's another $300,000? Or there's a Kodiak. Where we don't have to sacrifice. We don't have to sacrifice nothing. That means... We can put 11 people in it, and you can pack. Listen, we can, we can put 11 women in it and not ask them to pack light. And that Kodiak will go 214 knots, which is faster than the... But, you know, then it costs about... Um, what is it? What was it, Michael? Three and a half, three million, three and a half million, about three million. So not too much more. Maybe double the other one, three million. But the fuel burn is a little more. You know, instead of burning 14 gallons an hour, we're burning 60 gallons an hour. But it, but you know, but if it belongs to the Lord, what? Yeah. Now I know. Listen, some people are like you don't need that. No, you don't need it. But see, sometimes we need to load up Brandon and Rachel and Bailey and Rhonda and Charlie and Raphael and Tyler and Ayla and Pastor Annie. In fact, Isaac. You know, matter of fact, we might need we might need we might need our plane and Michael's plane to get everybody there. <laughs> Can you imagine us rolling up <laughs> on the tarmac? 20 people getting out of two airplanes full of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Taking revival fire. Glory to God. And I'm going to tell you right now, you roll out of something God gave you like that, and you will believe that anything is possible. Glory to God. Boy, see, the devil don't want you to dream big. The devil don't want you to dream above. He don't want you to dream extra. He wants you to believe the lie that he's told you. That you're always going to lack. That you're never going to have nothing. That you're never going to go nowhere. That you're never going to be anything. That you're never going to do anything. I'm going to tell you right now. When God goes to blessing you, you can be dream fulfillers. Amen. You can, you can be those that cause the vision of others to come to pass. Glory to God. Amen. 
it's not about money. It's about the Word of God. All right, I got to read this. My dad is calling me. He must have something important to say, but he can wait. Luke, Luke, amen. Luke chapter 13. Uh, we'll finish with this. So, be not deceived. God is my, whatever man sows, that shall he also reap. Say this with me. Say, whatever a man sows. That's what he's going to reap. <laughs> that's what he's going to reap. If you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap the flesh. If you sow to the spirit, you're going to reap life everlasting. A whole different quality of life. Your flesh is going to rebel. Your flesh isn't going to want to rise up to a new place. Your flesh is going to want to, your flesh is, amen. You think, you, do, you, do you really think there's honor in living in a poverty mindset? Are you really honor? Well, you know, I, I'm going to remember where I came from. Remember where you came from. But don't handcuff yourself to it. Break free from it. I just want to keep it real. No, you don't want, no, you don't. That ain't keeping it real. That's keeping it dead. All right, did I, where, Luke 13, uh, verse 18 and 19. All right, so whatsoever man sows, that's, that will he also reap. Sows the flesh will reap corruption. So to the spirit, life everlasting. All right, verse 18 in uh, Luke 13. He said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? Verse 19. It is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden. So when Jesus talked about what the kingdom is like, he said, it's like a seed that you sow. It's like a seed that you sow. Amen. And he talked about a grain of mustard seed. It, said, it says this. And it grew and became a tree. And the birds of the air made nests in its branches. Listen, some of you still got that seed. It hadn't been sown. There's no birds living in your... You still like, if I had faith, I got it right here. Sow it. Sow it. Because that's what the kingdom is like. It's a seed. Say this with me. The kingdom, the kingdom. Is, a is a seed sown. That's what it says. So let's look at, let's look at a parable. Uh, there's a couple of, this parable is recorded in a couple of places. I, I, oh, maybe I'm going to quit. Well, I got to get this. Can I get this in and then I'll quit? Will, will, will we be all right? I think we'll be all right. Uh, there's a couple parables, one in the book of Matthew. Write this down, Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 8. Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. And Luke chapter 8, verse 4 through 8. Matthew 13, 1 through 8. Mark 4, 1 through 9. And Luke 8, 4 through 8. So, Let's, let's take that one in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 8, verse 4 through 8. Let's, let's use that as our launching into this, and then I'll stop after this, and we'll, 
This, this be, I hope this is helpful to you. Is this helping anybody at all? If you, now, if you have a question, keep it in your mind. Don't forget it. Write it down. And then I'll try to answer it here in a minute. So Luke chapter 8, verse 4 through 8, it says this. And a great crowd coming together and those in each city coming to him, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. Now, again, what did Jesus say the kingdom was? A seed sown. So he said a sower. So what must that sower be? A kingdom person. And he went out to sow his seed. All right? So the kingdom is sowers that sow seed. Now it talked about a mustard seed, talked about a seed. But Jesus will now define what the seed is. Or, or here in a minute, he'll define what the seed is. It says, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it, and some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture, and some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it, and others fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a, a, a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So starting from the time that Jesus chose to say this parable, notice this. This was, it was not accidental where he did this. Verse 4 tells us, and a great crowd coming together. And those in each city coming to him. So when Jesus said this parable, he waited until there were many people that were coming to him to hear the word. So Jesus, by saying this parable, wanted to make all those that were coming to him hear the word and aware that there were choices available at how it would affect them. In other words, listen to me. You choose how this word affects you. You have a choice in the matter of how the word is sown in your life. And what the results are. Are y'all hearing me? Some people are like, well, if the Lord wants. No, it's up to you. You determine whether it's sown on good ground, whether it's sown in a thorny place, whether it's sown on the wayside, whether it's sown on uh, hard ground. So by the wayside, let, let's look at that. By the wayside. If, so it fell in four different places, four kinds of land. The first was by the wayside. A sower went out and sowed his seed, and some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled, and the birds devoured it. So some of the seed that the sower sowed fell by the wayside, and thus it neither sprang up nor it gave any fruit, but it was trampled down and eaten by the birds. The explanation of this part of the parable is given some verses later uh, in uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 11 and 12. So this is what, this is what I want to get to. Now the, uh, so let's read that, 11 and 12, Joe. You there? All right. It says, now the parable is this. The seed is... The word 
What, what did I say that you needed first before you get supernatural increase? See, some of you sold an offering, you didn't get a harvest. Some of you sold a tithe and nothing happened. Do you know why? Because you didn't get a word first. The word wasn't sown first. The word wasn't sown first. First, you, you're a sower. And what God gave us to sow is the word. We have to have a word. Amen. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside were the, one, the ones who hear and then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved. So the seed sown by the wayside is those that hear the word but immediately, and Jesus said it, the devil will come immediately to steal the word. I think, I think probably most of the body of Christ falls into that category where they allow the enemy to drive them away from the word. To steal the truth of the word that God said. Listen, tonight, the spirit of the Lord has been moving up in here. Stirring some of y'all up. I know some of y'all get nervous when you get stirred up because you're like, my God, what am I going to have to do? Some of you are going to go have to get that can dug up out of your backyard. You know what I'm saying? Listen, I was at a revival one time. Uh, I was at a revival. I'm going to quit there. I know it's a funny place to quit. I'm just going to quit there. But I was at a revival in um, Rush Springs. And while I was in this revival in Rush Springs, um, I was receiving an offering. And uh, the pastor's wife goes, <sighs> and she gets up and she walks out of the building. And I was like, that was unusual. I thought maybe she was upset. But she came in a few minutes later. She had her purse, and uh, she had dug her wallet out of her purse, already had her wallet out, and she had uh, a number of, of bills. I don't know how much it was. She had a number of bills. Uh, I don't know what denominations they were. I don't know if they were Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian. But um, <laughs> I knew I could count on you, Marissa. <laughs> you and Ralph, amen. But anyway, I don't know if it was ones, twenties, but I don't know. But she had she had a wallet, and she she put it in the offering, and and I was like, praise the Lord. And uh, after service, uh, she said, Brother Ziggy, she said, I tried not to give tonight. I try. She said, you know, she said, you are so persuasive. I said, no, it's not me. That's listen. You've got to identify, you've got to identify the difference between the spirit and your pastor. And I told her, I said, I'm not trying to persuade you of anything but what the word says. She said, well, I tried to leave my purse at home because I didn't want to have to, <laughs> I didn't want to have to give what little I had left. But I received that David Jesus. She said, I don't want to have to give what little I had left. She said, but it, she said, I'm sowing it. And she gave it. She sowed it in the offering. But I, I encouraged her that day. I said, sow the word. But you know what? Some people will go out of their way. I, I was up preaching one time, and there was a fella. And I'm, I'll just tell you this. He was a fella, and he was in a battle in his life. He was battling and struggling with homosexuality. And... Uh, he had come to church and he was already, he was already resistant because he, I don't know why in the homosexual community, some people have this thought that Christians are against them, that the church is against them. It's a, it's, it's not, I guess some of them are, but not us, not me. Oh, 
And so, uh, but after, as I preached, the word of God sparked a flame in him and set so free. So he, he, he came up. He said, I've got an offer. He said, you need to wait. I've got to get my offer. He went out to his car. He had gotten a large amount of money. And he was going to take it to the bank. He had it in a bag and he threw it under the seat of his car. He brought that bag full of money in there. Now, this may not seem like a lot of money to y'all, but I'm sure it was a lot of money to him. It was somewhere in the neighborhood of $4,800. And he laid it at the altar. He said, he said, man, I haven't even got it in the bank. And he says, but he says, I know that this is where the Lord will. You know, God, God will move upon your heart. But it'll be by his word. Listen, if, you, if you're jumping on the bandwagon of emotion, don't do it. And don't try to haggle with God. Don't try to haggle with God. Just do what he tells you to do. Be obedient to him. See, some of you, it's not going to be going to take the money out of your car. Some of you, it's going to be, I need for you to cartwheel down the center aisle of this church. And when you get to the front, I want you to throw your offering in that basket and shout and, and give me your best dance. Glory to God. Glory to God. He said here three times. Amen. We need to hear and then we need to start saying and we need to start doing. Amen. Church, we, listen. We're not going under. Our finances are fine. We are not needy. Don't, don't, don't fall into that trap. Don't let the devil lie. Listen, that's not why we're, we're not doing this as a fundraiser. That's not what we're doing. We're, we we want to align with the spirit. Here's what you need to do. I'm going to finish with this. Here's what you need. You need to tune your ear to hear what God is saying. Let God give you a rhema word. If he hadn't given you a rhema word yet, pray in tongues till he gives you a rhema word. Pray in the, pray in the spirit. Take some time. Lock yourself in your prayer closet. Just pray in tongues. Say, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me. God, tell me what it is that I need to hear. I want to be obedient. I want to follow you. I want to follow your word. You know what? He might direct you in a way that will, if you was in the natural, it might put you in a panic. But don't panic. I'm in the boat with you. I'm in the boat with y'all. I can't tell you yet what the Lord's had me do. I won't tell you yet. I just can't do it yet. But, but as soon as we get far enough away from it, I'm going to tell you what the Lord's been having me do. There's some things my wife don't even know yet the Lord told me to do because I've had to keep my mouth shut about it. Because when I go to telling it, it just starts it start leaking out everywhere. She's like, amen. Amen. But I will, there'll come a time when I'm going to tell it. And it has, listen, it has to do with tens of thousands of dollars. Tens, th- tens of thousands of dollars, the Lord told me to, to do something with it that I've already done it. <laughs> 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 
See, I'm already saying too much. I need to shut up. I've already done it. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't, we can't undo it. It's already done. It's already done. It's already done. It's already done. Listen, y'all, y'all like, well, pastor's asking me, your pastor's doing it. Your pastor's doing it. Listen, I'm determined. I'm breaking out. I'm getting over in the million flow in the name of Jesus. We're going to have everything we need to do, everything God tells us to do. Some of you that are called to ministry, you're not going to have to depend on other churches to meet your budget. We're going to put you on payroll right here. Amen. You're going to evangelize and prophesy and preach out of this church. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're going to have everything we need to do everything that God tells us to do in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. We're not going to send one person out of this church hoping you make it. No, we're going to send you out of this church knowing you're going to be okay. Glory to God. Glory to God. Listen, some of y'all going to preach and you're going to preach what God tells you because you're not going to be afraid that people are going to hold out on you. You know, you, some of you are not going to have to go what I went through. Spend every dime that you got to get where you're going and then think, man, can I say that? Will I get enough money to get home if I say that? Can I do that? Will I get enough money in the offering if I do that? They going to kick me out of here. I've been kicked out of churches. Blind eyes opened up, deaf ears. The night, night I got kicked out, blind eyes opened, deaf ears opened, spirit of God moved, and I got kicked out of that. You know what I? You know why I got kicked out? Because I preached a message that said you don't know God. And it was general. I mean, it was a general. It wasn't. It wasn't. It, I wasn't pointing at the pastor saying you don't know God, but that that seemed to be how he took it. But it was just. It was just general. It was just, and my message was simple. It wasn't even, it wasn't right, but it was simple. I mean, I use scriptures to make a point. It was the right message. Don't get me wrong. It was the, the, uh, the intent and the, the ending was right. Scriptures I used probably weren't right. But I was like, some of you are like, oh, no, we know God. I said, no, you only acquainted with him. There's a difference. You know, there's people that are acquainted with me, and, and they've only met me one time. They're like, oh, yeah, I know Brother Ziggy. And they don't, know, they don't know me. If someone says they know me, say, what color underwear my pastor wear? I know, I know, I know some of you are like, why? Well, because you're going to find out they don't know me that well. They don't know me that well. Right? They, they know of me, but they don't know me that well. So there's different depths to knowing someone. You know someone well when you know what color underwear. I said, now there's one that knows what color underwear I wear in this room. No. Now you doubt. That's a long time ago. There's only one person in this room knows what color underwear I wear. She knows me. Now see, that, that's, a good, that's a good lesson to learn. Ted says, oh yes I do. I've done your laundry. Yeah, 10 years ago. Things change in 10 years. 
Listen, if the last, if the last, if the last time you saw God's underwear was 10 years ago, you need to go back. You need to go back. But see, that was, that was the scripture I used. I used that scripture where Moses was put in the cleft of the rock, and he, God put his hand on him. And when God passed by, he took his hand away, and the Bible says that Moses saw God's backside. I said, you know what? You know, I know some of you like, I, I said, you know God? I said, what color underwear he wear? I said, y'all don't know, right? I said, but someone does. Moses knows because he saw his backside. He knows whether he got underwear or he don't got underwear. He was mooned by the Lord. That's a depth of knowing God. You understand? I said, you know, we can know God. That's what, that's what he got mad at. He got mad at me because he's like, How, I thought you preached a good gospel telling us we don't know God. I said, well, none of us really do. I was like, really? Is that what you upset about? Man, he kicked us right out of there, didn't he, Ted? <laughs> Deaf ears opened up, blind eyes opened up. That night, I mean, a guy who was stoned. I had a word of knowledge. There's someone here who has deafness. And I kept calling it out. Nobody came. I called it out the whole meeting. Nobody came. Nobody came. And then finally, at the very end of the service, they brought a man. I said, what's wrong with him? They said, he's deaf. I said, well, man, I've been calling you. Why didn't you come? They said, he's deaf. <laughs> I was like, huh? That's like that blind woman I prayed for in Meeker. <laughs> I was trying to avoid praying for her because I was, I was freaking out. I told them to bring blind people. I, I was like, bring the lost, bring the sick, bring the blind, bring the dead. You know, I got under the anointing. I was like, you know, I'd, I'd been preaching for a year. I, was, I, got, I got carried away. The things you say, you know, under the anointing. I never, I'd never even seen a real blind person. Until I heard, I man, that night I heard that ticking. I'm praying. I hear the ticking. I look down the aisle, blind woman coming down. The, I'm like, dear God, they did it. She came walking. This ain't in Timbuktu. This is in Meeker, Oklahoma. I'm like, sit in the back, sit in the back. No, I got louder. She even hit me with the cane. Because I'm, I'm on my knees. She's like, oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Plopped herself right on the front row. Oh, yeah. Man, I preached long that night, Brandon. I'm like, Lord, let her go, let her go, let her go. She planted herself right there, man. And I told him I was going to pray for the sick that night. Oh, yeah. So I had a long altar call for the lost. Come, come. Same, same 20 people except for the blind woman. From the morning, I knew there wasn't nobody unsafe. Come. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And I'm still knocking today. He's knocking right now. He's knocking, knock, knock, knocking on. Amen. Anyway, so... I, fi I finally called for the sick. I said, if you're sick in your body, she took out that cane. It was a collapsible cane. <laughs> she took out that cane. <laughs> she took her way. I'm like, I'm not even done calling for the sick. 
She's like, tick, tick, poof, poof. She, hit, she hit my feet with the cane. Poof, 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 poof. What? <laughs> I'm like, anybody else? I had two other people come. One had a headache, and I can't even remember what the other one had. But I, I, I want to pray for that one with a headache. I was like, in the name of Jesus, because I prayed for them first. I'm trying to avoid the blind lady. I lay my hands on that person with it. They immediately fall under the power. I don't let them fall down, Rachel. I was like, and they went, oh, and I'm holding them up. I'm like, in the name of Jesus, they're dangling. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, in the name of Jesus. Now, now they're going to have neck trouble. <laughs> when my arm, wore, my arm, my old arm was shaking. That's when I let him drop. This is before Ted. This is before Ted. That's how long ago. This is before Ted started traveling with me. I prayed for the next one, held them up too. But then somehow in my mind, I thought, well, maybe, maybe she came for something else. Maybe she's not here to be healed of blindness. Maybe she came for something else. I was like, ma'am, what did you come for? <laughs> this was her, you'll see the film in heaven. This was her response. She said, what, are you blind too? She said, I'm blind. Anyway, she left that night seeing. She drove her family home. Thank God. Thank God. You know, I, never even, I didn't even know how to pray for blind people. I recited an A.A. Allen prayer I'd heard on a record album. I just recited the prayer. It was the only prayer I knew. Thank God she had glycoma. Because the only prayer I knew was a glycoma prayer. <laughs> and I prayed it just like A.A. Allen. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. My God, <laughs> cursed be the disease of glaucoma. Well, I was shaking her and everything. Amen. But anyhow, got kicked out. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Any questions? <laughs> Any questions about a supernatural? Yeah, Michael. I don't have a question. Uh, I don't have a question, but I want to kind of tag off of what you're saying okay. on the uh, growing weary and then um, the uh, seed being taken away. And just to kind of from my experience, uh, um, just recently, um, the Lord's wanted me to say this. That's why I'm saying it. Um, he had in two years ago in April, we had been work. I had been working on a hurricane, Laura in, in um, Louisiana and came back, started coming back here to work. And um, one day my dad called me. This is a quick back. This is a quick backdrop, and then I'll tell you what the what the enemy tried to do. My dad called me in the morning in April, and he's like, "Hey, um, well, I guess nobody wants to buy that stupid building in Northwest Expressway." And I was like, "Well, we'll rent it out." He's like, "No, I'm just gonna go ahead and fix it up, and then I'll sell it." And um, I go, "Yeah, that's a good idea." He goes, "I'm gonna put like a hundred grand in it." I go, "Yeah, that's about what it needs. Probably more." And he goes, yeah. He said, uh, don't tell your mom, though. But So then he hangs up. And uh, <laughs> and as soon as he, I hang up, 
the Lord, I had, we had put money in, uh, in the uh, real estate account, in an investment account for real estate. And um, we had accumulated, you know, like over six figures in there. And as soon as I hung up, the Lord goes, well, you should buy it from him and then let the, let the church uh, use it. And then uh, he said, this is how the Lord told me. He goes, you can do that. And then I go, I'm talking to myself. I go, yeah, I can do that. And I go, what? I can do that. And I called him and I go, hey, um, he said, do you have anybody that's interested? He goes, no, I just told you. And I go, I said, well, I said, if you're willing to do that, I'll, I'll buy it from you. I'll buy the building from you, you know. And I go, but I need you to do that. I need you to put, you know, I need you to do that, and then I'll buy the building. I'll, I'll get a loan. And uh, he goes, yeah, let's do it. And that's how me and him talked, you know. And I'm like, cool. And it's like, you know, he, want, he wanted, it's a lot of money. And um, <laughs> and he's like, I'm kind of all cocky. And I'm like, yeah, cool. So then I told Twyla. Twyla was cool with it. And I asked Ziggy, you know, yeah. And he's like, let me ask, let me talk to Annie and some of the elders. And he got back with me quick. And he's like, yeah, man. So it, it all sounded great. And um, I didn't know it was gonna, it was gonna take a lot of my time. I didn't, I didn't think about that, and uh, it did. But I wasn't, I wasn't complaining about that. So that year, you know, we work on the building, we move in. Like five months later, it was all great. The next year, which was last year, my sister gave me my 1099, and uh, that's what we don't get W2s, we get that 1099s. And I looked at it, and I'm like this is the appetizer or something because this isn't what I make. And I joked, I joked with Tyler one time that I have a barrier that if I make below that, I'm, it's considered to me in poverty. Like, you might as well go to the welfare line and kill yourself or something. And, uh, and I, I made that. And I was like, where's the rest of my money? And she's like, no, that's all you made. And I go, you need to go and check that out, make sure that's right because that's embarrassing. And she's like, no, that's what you made. So I even went to our account guy. I go, man, make sure, because Brandy's wrong. And he checked it. He was like, no. He, he's like, this is how much money you made. And I go, dude, that is, that's not a lot of money. That's, that's embarrassing. That's, like, that's, not, that's one third of what I normally make. And he goes, well, that's what you made. So I started thinking. And this is the part where growing weary and the, 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 the enemy, how he tries to come and steal stuff from you. I started thinking. Where in the world did I start? Did I make the little bit of money? And I went to my bank, looked at my deposits, and it was during those months. It was during those months. And I go, oh, yeah. And then the enemy right away, he came in. He goes, it's because you were spending all your time fixing up your church and, and uh, the church and your house. But he started with the church, and he showed me the church. And man, immediately I go, man, you stupid devil. Like I said it out loud because I knew what he was trying to do. And um, I will, I go, well, Lord, this was your idea. So I praise God. You're my provider. And I started praising him and, and declaring what he, what he, you know, what he is to me. And um, he would still bring that up every now and then. And I would, and see, what you don't understand is that that took all of our money. You know, every bit of it, it took all our money. I didn't really see it in a bad way. It just, it just took it, whatever. Money comes and goes. And, um, and so it's like, wow, um, how I noticed how the enemy tried to discourage me from something that I believe the Lord has told us to do. And same goes for a little bit later. 
I've been I've been looking I had been looking for a King Air for a year and um, I was thinking about selling my Cirrus looking for a King Air and my dad was like you're crazy you know you, I don't know why da, 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 da. and I was like I think I'm I think we're gonna need it I think we need it I think I need it and um, well lo and behold we got one you know not too long ago last year like November December ish and I'm coming back one night coming back one night and uh, it was like one in the morning and I'm going home because I was coming back and forth to Florida and uh, I started the enemy started putting things in my head you know like man you got yourself in a commitment now you're 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 put into these positions now like this and that and he's he's basically just putting a lot of stuff in my head and man I almost said something dumb but I said Lord I, I wanted to know I go am I crazy like am I crazy you know I don't know if I was tired or what I even told Twyla this I was like am I am I crazy what am I doing am I crazy Am I, am I being right? And um, he started showing me how he's been leading me to these places, you know. And I, I was just praising the Lord because it's important that, you know, like in, in, the, in the doing of the, what God wanted to do with this building and stuff like that. I don't pur purposely, and, I, and, I'm, and, I, and it's not in a braggity way, I don't, I don't expect uh, in the investment we've put in this building, I don't ex ever expect to see that money again. That's um, because for the intentions of I want to pay that loan off and then just give it to the church, that's, that's my desire. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not saying I didn't do it in that. But what the enemy tried to do was say he tried to hit my ego. You know what I'm saying? He tried to, he tried to hit me in an in a, in a ego way of look what, look what you normally do and you didn't do it this way. And with the way you always think, that's what happened. You made less than that, and that's what happened. And how he tried to steal that blessing away, you know what I'm saying? And he tried to take that. He tried to, he tried to get me to say something because he can't really take it. If I would have positioned myself or said something that would have ensnared me and have that attitude, which I could have used, and I've done it before. I've done it a lot of times before. I could have ensnared myself and get out of get myself out of that blessing but i noticed it immediately when he said it well it's because you spent all the time in that church and all your money and then i go man you're a stupid devil like I, I was like it's true but that doesn't mean and 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 he's and he's been showing me a lot of you know elijah i was trying to say it the other day when i was standing up but elijah came out of the desert being fed supernaturally provided for he came out of the desert and a lot of us, we think, uh, we think, well, I got this job. How in the world am I ever going to come up? Or how world am I going to get to this position, this place, this house, or this kind of ride, you know, this kind of clothes, and this and that? We think on those terms on what we see. But Elijah came out of the desert, and the Lord had a widow, you know, prov uh, supernaturally, prov you know, provide him a, a meal. And then... You know, he got blessed by it. I know I would have gotten blessed. Somebody would have made me a cake, number one. <laughs> I, I mean, somebody makes me a cake. <laughs> and, and then he blessed her. You know what I'm saying? But it's, the, it's, that, it's that lesson that, lesson that it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't necessarily matter the situation we're in. Because God can do any, God can take a situation. Number one, she's a widow, so her husband had to have 
died. That's a bad, you know, that's, that's a, for her, that, that, that must have been a bad, heartbreaking deal. Your husband's dead, you got a kid. And then she was at the point where they were going to go prepare their last meal and die. Now, you have to imagine how hungry and starving you have to be to say that. I mean, you've got to have lost all hope. But the Lord still used that situation, that scenario to provide for the man of God. And they both came out great. In my, from, in my opinion, they both yeah. came out great out of it. Oh, yeah, they and so if you're thinking family. to yourself right now that, that if you're even thinking of, of a self-doubt and a limiting, uh, if you're thinking to yourself in a limiting mindset of you're thinking yourself in your situation, well, I only get 12 bucks an hour. I only make $7 an hour. You know, I hear Pastor Ziggy saying this. And he's talking about planes and he's talking about this and that. And you can't really think like that, number one. And you <clears> can't really depend on your natural circumstances because he literally took a man from the desert that was being fed by, you know, crows. You know, that's gross. And then a widow to, to feed him. You know, that's amazing. You can take just from that right there. You can take that, man, and you can literally change your life. I mean, that's life. That right there, that little, that little story is life-changing. If you really grab that and you're obedient and you move with, that, the move with that flow and that spirit, man, that can carry you so far. I mean, but it, we get ourselves we, mentally. Mentally, we block ourselves. We get ourselves in our heads, and it's like, man, you know what? I don't really care, this and that. Oh, well, you're a roofer, you know. Oh, you know, you, you can only do so much or this and that. Like, ah, I don't care, man. You know, I... You got a king air now. Now you know it's like, dude, who cares, man? If if whatever happens, happens. If honestly, I don't care. I, I'm not tied myself to those things. I don't see. You'll hardly ever see me post the, uh, things like that because it necessarily any any day now we can be like, ah, let's sell it. I don't. It doesn't matter. The thing is, is that I I mentally want to get myself in a position where, you know, I want to be like. Uh, always continually it's like what next lord what next lord okay I, I i i climbed this little mountain what next lord where to now where to now where to now and he'll trip you up man i'm sorry if i took i'm sorry if i took a lot of the time but it's it's um i think it was important for me to just to share that as far as in the in this building and 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 it blesses me because um, we've had revivals here. Look what has come out of that. Man. You know, and, 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 and Amen. It's a <clears throat> testament to the Lord. I mean, look at this Wednesday night bunch here. We, you know, we, we had gone to Wednesday nights in homes having koinonia because when we were at the other building, we, we, didn't, we didn't have this kind of a, a turnout on Wednesdays. But when we got in this building, something shifted. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, it's just amazing what the Lord has done. And you're, he, Michael's right. Things change. God, he can lead you to, that's why you, your identity can't be wrapped up in stuff. Right, right. You know, I used to wear suits all the time, and the suits that I wore were nice suits. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was known for it. And then I quit wearing suits. And then some people was like, man, you know, you looked so fly in them suits. It's like, and? I mean, I'm not the, there was one, one little boy came up to me. He said, you used to be so anointed when you wore suits. <laughs> Chaz. <laughs> but anyway, it's like, but, but he was just a little boy. He, he, but people get caught up in, in those things. When I, I remember, and this isn't to throw Michael under the bus, but whenever I sold the airplane 
And Michael goes, man, you can't sell that airplane. That airplane is, that's, that's you. And I was like, it's not me. It's just an airplane. Oh, yeah. And then when he acquired it, he's like, thank God you sold that airplane. You know? <clears throat> that's why I love I just wanted to add to that during that time. Also, when he did get the 1099s and he brought them home, and I'm saying the same thing. I'm like, there's some missing. There's no way. And he went back and went through all that, and he goes, no, it's all right. And I'm looking at it, and it came out of my mouth. I'm like, there's no way. How did we, how did we do it? I'm going back <laughs> making sure we, I didn't mess up and miss anything big. But you know what? We never skipped a beat. Thank God. Because it was all God. Thank God. You kept, all God. You kept moving forward and plowing through. Amen. Amen. Any, other que any questions? Any questions at all? No? Now people afraid to ask. They want to get the evil eye from nobody. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, I done preached myself happy today. Listen, these supernatural, this, is, this has been different. This isn't, the, I mean, we're getting the nuts and bolts of financial prosperity. And you know what? There'll be some people that don't like it. And um, oh, well. But here's, here's the thing. We are, gonna, we are going to achieve all the Lord wants us to achieve personally, individually, corporately, as a church. Amen. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to accomplish all that the Lord desires for us to accomplish in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, in every area, including finance. Praise God. Well, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you've done here today, Lord. We pray that your, your word will continue to come forth and be stirred up in the hearts and lives of your people. Lord, let the Holy Spirit have the freedom. May your people give the Holy Spirit the freedom to do all he wants to do in them in regards to the message, to the word. Lord, let this, let this message, let this word go with us. And may it stir a continual flow of revelation in our hearts. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it, Father. Everybody that believed it said amen. Amen. amen.